I'm Michelle and I'm back for season two of Get Mouthy from the Head and Neck Cancer Foundation. Talking about cancer is important, but it doesn't have to be dull or depressing. So join me as I chat with some of the most interesting people I know who are all linked to the fight against head and neck cancers, either personally or professionally. Okay, so I'm going to be talking to Alison and Brian, and both of them are the founders of From Me To You. And it's an amazing charity um, that encourages people to support those going through cancer. And I think we're going to have a really interesting chat about this because it's um, it's not something we've ever touched on in our podcast. So hi, both of you. Really good to have you on. So if one of you can just give me like a, a quick elevator pitch of what it is, what 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 the charity From Me To You is about. So um, we are very um, aware of the isolation and loneliness that a cancer yeah. diagnosis can bring um, because people are not going out to work anymore they're not able to socialize they're not out so much their immune systems are perhaps compromised by um, their treatment um, and they're stuck at home and mm. so we encourage people to um write letters and send cards to anyone in their lives um they know who has a cancer diagnosis to stay connected so mm. you might not be able to go around and see them you might not um be phoning them all the time but we say don't forget them. Don't turn your back on them. Keep connected with them. Um, and we host lots of workshops and tips on our website as to what to say and what not to say and how to write a letter. Um, and we also run a donate a letter campaign where people from all over the world write anonymous letters. And then we distribute them to people living with cancer in hospitals, cancer centers, hospices and at home. And it's just a a way of distracting them, brightening their day, letting them know that there's somebody out there who's thinking about them. Yeah. And how did it start, Brian? How did you start this? Well, it started um, back um, six years ago. We formed the charity. And we, we, we started the charity because when I was diagnosed back in June 2010 with stage three bowel cancer, Alison, who was an acquaintance of mine then at the time, said, um, I'm going to write letters to you to cheer you up, um, mainly because there was a slight geographical distance. You didn't live around the corner from me. Um, and um, I asked her if she was a great letter writer and she said, um, well, no, not really. You know, um, <laughs> I sent thank you letters to um, my auntie when I was little, but I really didn't do that much in terms of letter writing. And to be perfectly honest, I really wasn't expecting that much. So my, to my surprise, two weeks later, I did get a letter from Alison and it, and it did make me laugh and it was funny. And that was the first of over a hundred letters that Alison wrote to me during wow. the year period while I was going through various surgeries, chemotherapy, radiotherapy. Um, and Alison had a knack that she would send those letters to me when I was going in for my chemotherapy treatment or if I was going in for surgery. And those letters became so important to me because they were a distraction. They did brighten mm. my day and they took me away from the reality of where I was. So when I went to the um, hospital and I'm sat in the blue chair having my chemotherapy, um, I couldn't really concentrate on a book or music. Um, yeah. So I used to take one of Alison's letters and they would really take me somewhere else. It was as though, because I never took anybody with me when I went for treatment. So taking Alison's letter made me um, realise that there was people out there who were thinking of me. Yeah. Um, and then 
Um, I got the first no evidence of disease in April 2013. Alison stopped writing letters to me. Um, and it's important to say that I never wrote back because yeah. um, I didn't feel that I had anything worthwhile saying except from cancer because it does take over your life. Yeah. And yes. you do, your life does change and you're dealing with the transition of the change in your life mm. from someone who worked in London, got up in the morning, got on the train and went to work to suddenly being stuck at home while everybody else went out about their business every day. Yeah. But there is that isolation and loneliness yeah. that I felt. Um, even though I was surrounded by family and friends, you still feel lonely. Yeah, um, we've just had a, we had done some research and uh, I think it's shown that during the pandemic, 53, 53% of people diagnosed with cancer cl were classified as being lonely, yeah. um, you know, during that time. And I know, and I suppose the flip side of that is, is, um, you know, unfortunately, two, two of my best friends have both had cancer, one just recently. And even though I've known them for years and years and years, and I'm really close to them. And I guess this is a question for you, Alison. I, it's really hard to know what to say. You know, it's really hard to know how to react. Because as well, one of the things I found is I was sort of dealing with my own shock when Anne, Anne phoned me and said, I've got to tell you, I've, you know, I've got, I've got cancer. It, I was shocked myself and I didn't know how, what I should say or how to, should I be trying to console? I felt like I needed, you know, sort of consoling, you know. Um, so it's kind of like, what sort of things would you, do you think people should say or how should they react? I think that um, how you react initially to a friend or family member telling you they've got cancer is very personal to your relationship with mm. them. But then I think the, the, point, the thing that I have always felt with friends who've told me they've um, had a cancer diagnosis is you've then got to stick by them mm. because so many people will be turning away from them, not because they don't want to be involved, but they're too scared to be involved. Mm. And I think that's, that's where a letter comes in because mm. it shows that you're thinking of them and you're just regularly popping yeah. something onto their doormat that just mm. says, I'm still there with you. And when I was writing to Brian, I never wrote about cancer. I didn't write about philosophical things. I just wrote about everyday stuff that was that I saw or was happening to me. So I was just saying, Brian, you're still a, you're still a person. You're not defined by your cancer. Um, yeah. And I'm going to share my life with you because I think this might cheer you up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so it was sort of, I didn't ignore the cancer if, you know, I would say in a letter, if Brian had had some good or bad news, I would share that with him. But um, but I think it's about if somebody had a heart disease, you wouldn't be scared to send them a letter. You wouldn't no. worry about what to say to them. You just write them a letter about anything that was happening in your life. And yeah. I think cancer, because of its unpredictability, adds a layer of fear and I think that's the the joy of a letter that you can put that fear aside and you can just write them a letter that you think will make them smile and let them yeah. know that you're fine. It's and a lovely from, idea. And from the recipient's perspective, well, they are in control of when they read that letter. Yeah. So, you know, a phone call is quite difficult. So, you know, if yes. you were, you know, and it's fine if you have a, a, a relationship where telephone is your main, main, um, main. Yeah. Topic. 
application. But if it isn't, and you know, increasingly we don't, we rely more on text, WhatsApp and email, mm. is that a letter means that they are in control of when they read that letter. So they're yeah. not put on the spot in having to um, react to your questions. Because yes. it's a one way, uh, one way um, communication, they read the letter, they're with their thoughts, um, and then they can process those. Whereas if you phone or you, you know, and you ask people or you meet someone and you ask how they are, they're normally going to say they're fine. Yeah. That's their normal yes, you're That's what we're all conditioned to say. Yeah, yeah. And the reality might be something completely different. Yeah, yeah. But, and the thing that really used to annoy me when I, when I used to meet people is the head tilt to one side and I'm going, <laughs> how are you? You know, yeah. it's quite condescending, really. Yeah, um, yeah. And I always think now when I ask someone that question, I always ask, how, how are you feeling today? Yeah. It's adding that simple word to the end, which opens that conversation to either say they're fine or it leads them to say, actually, I'm not feeling that great today. Yeah, yeah. It's so what you're saying about, it being on your terms my mother um died a few weeks ago and um during the sort of last sort of week when we knew it was going to happen so many people phoned me um and I'll be honest with you I just wasn't in a mindset to take a call mm-hmm. and you feel really bad that you don't want to answer a phone but you just like I just I'm not emotionally set up to sort of deal with that that call but the letters and the cards that we got when mum passed away mm-hmm. uh, were unbelievable um, and actually really incredibly comforting. I, I kind of didn't realise I would think that, but incredibly comforting um, just to hear, you know, people were talking about about how they had met my mum and sort of talked about things, you know, just different aspects of it. And it yeah. was comforting to all of us, not just myself, but my sister and my dad, you know, it was really comforting. Um, just to have that and even to look back on it as you said you know to be able to go and read it again what that person said and sort of make under some sort of understanding of it what do you do though if people haven't got what do people do if they haven't got someone to send them a letter you mentioned about donating letters that sounds really interesting yeah so that's why we set up our donate letter program because we had People who were saying, oh, no, I'd really like to write a letter. Yeah. I don't know anybody with cancer, but I'm sure there are people out there who might like to receive a letter. Yeah. And so um, so we set up the program and how it works is that people write letters. There's none of their personal details in the letter. So all privacy is protected. They send us a letter. We read them. Um, we filter them, make sure that everything is OK. And then we partner with hospitals, cancer centres, hospices um, to deliver those letters. So we send them out and the nurses hand them out. And so they kind of choose who they think might benefit from a letter, who perhaps doesn't get any visitors. Obviously, through the pandemic, everybody was crying out for letters. uh, But there are still plenty of people who are in hospitals and cancer centres who go there alone and don't have visitors so the nurses will regularly give them a letter Um, and we also have individuals who are at home living at home with their cancer and they sign up and once a month we send them a letter how fantastic 
Um, and every time it'll be from somebody different. Um, and we have at any given time, I mean, last year we distributed 10,000 letters. Gosh, that's amazing. Yeah. So any given time we have a thousand people writing letters for us. Um which all come to a PO box um, right by where Brian lives. And um, he's got an army of volunteers in Berkshire who then help read and pack those letters so that we can get them off, you know, so we can make sure that every month we're sending yeah. letters because some people come to quite rely on our letter turning up. Yes. You know, we know that because they contact us with feedback and say, you know, that they don't have people in their lives. Um, and our letter is something that's kind of keeping them going, which mm. is which is really quite difficult for us to hear. And you yeah. feel like, gosh, I should be doing more. Yeah. But at least we're doing that. And it's me. It's making, you know, a lot of um, impact on them. Do any of your letter receivers get to change and sort of become letter writers? Mm, yes, lot, lots do. Um we people often ask if they can write back and we say no that's not the point as Brian pointed out he never wrote yeah. back to me which yeah. you know I will get over that eventually yes I'm sure you will <laughs> <laughs> um, so we say would you instead of writing back would you write forward and write yeah. for the program and people do there was one lady who received one letter and she wrote 20 yeah. um, for the program um, and we get quite a lot of people who will sign up to be writers and to receive at the same time because, oh, yeah. because maybe they've received a letter in hospital and um, just randomly through one of our partners or from a nurse and um and they realize that it's you know it's a lovely thing to receive but they also realize that actually writing is something that they can do quite easily from yeah. home it's not an energetic physical thing it's they they can sit down with their cup of tea and spend some quiet time that just perhaps takes them away from themselves yeah and so they write as well what do you do if someone this is a, just an odd question what do you do because I was thinking oh this might be a nice thing for my dad to do my dad's writing is absolutely appalling you just can't read it what do you do you have to do you ever get letters like that where you're like oh gosh we can't actually understand what this person's saying <laughs> what um, do you do with that <laughs> <laughs> do you have to translate them well it's it's very few and far between because Good. we do accept people um letters that are typed as well as um oh, right okay so you know we do suggest if somebody's letters are writing is illegible then maybe they should type it well, and, and, and sometimes if we've got the time, then we will take that legible letter and try to transcribe it into yeah. something that makes it. Um, and to be honest, we really, there isn't a huge amount of people who, because people know when they have bad writing. Yeah, they do. So it's not a surprise to them, is it? So, <laughs> so, so it's a case of they'll either type or they won't write. Yeah. Um, and so we, we, we we've, you know, we've had a doctor who wrote for us at one of our workshops, and neither <laughs> Alison or I could make head nor tail of it. At all. Um, but eventually, we did. Once you, it's amazing. You once you get your eye, yeah, into the, into the letters, then you can start to transfer. Then you can start reading it. Yes. I think this is such a wonderful thing. And how long have you been going for now? Well, we started the charity back in two thousand and sixteen. Right. So in December 2016, early 2017. Yeah. And we started off very small. 
um, with just inspiring, um, as Alison said, family members and friends to write to other family and members and friends. Yeah. And then we created a website and then we started donate a letter and um, and now we we send over 10,000 letters. I mean, it's been year on year, we're increasing. Yeah, um, amazing. And, um, we hold workshops um, on both online and in person. We do workshops with corporates where it's an event at there, you know, where they all get together, yeah. tell them the story of the charity. And then we go through writing exercises with them. And by the end of the 45 minute session, they have all written a letter. I recently did one with a company in Windsor. They were all like, they were creatives, but you know, of varying degrees. Um, yeah. And they came and every single person handed in a letter. That's fantastic. And what a good thing. I mean, it's that really good feel good factor about it as well, isn't it? Yes. For the writer, it's got a sort of, a, it, it gives I, you some comfort yourself. And when I, when I did the company workshop, they, they all said, you know, we never knew what to expect when we walked in the room. And we walk, walk out of this room feeling as though we feel better with ourselves because we've yeah. gone through a different process than just sitting at a, a computer screen. Yeah, totally. So look, how do people who are listening to this get involved? You mentioned your website. So just give us some details of your, your website. Yeah, so our website is frommetoyouletters.co.uk. And then we're also, excuse me, on all social media on From Me To You Letters as well. So Instagram and Facebook, Twitter, yeah. From Me To You Zero One, I think we are, LinkedIn, From Me To You Letters. Um, and, but if you put into, if you go into Google and write From Me To You Letters, we're there at the top. Well, I say we're at the top, we're just below the Beatles. When we named- Oh yes, of course, yeah. We didn't think that the Beatles had their song because so they just always come up above us on the google list and they will forever i think if yeah. we get bigger than the beatles we've <laughs> at least we're their number two that's right yeah and also if anyone's looking up that then they'll they'll see they'll find you guys though you know just yeah. right underneath so I, I want to say thank you and i'm also going to say it's really inspiring and i would say anyone listening um who can do this and that, let's be honest all of us can spare you know a little while just to to write a letter um and maybe you're sitting in or you're listening to this and you're thinking you've got someone you know who could actually do with a letter um uh, or a little note um I think you know what a lovely thing to do that that to, to be able to send a letter like that and for someone to receive it so I'm going to say thank you both thank you Brian and Alison from me to you it's just an amazing charity doing something really simple but um i know is gonna you know is having great impact so thank you both very very much for joining me oh thank you for having us on great. i hope you enjoyed that please share this to help raise awareness and if you'd like any further information about head and neck cancers do visit our website hncf.org.uk